Welcome to Women Who Move Nations, the public transport podcast, where we interview our industry's top female executives from Australia, New Zealand, and around the world. I'm Michelle Batsis, your host and the Chief Executive Officer of the Public Transport Association, Australia, New Zealand. We're raising the voices of women for everyone who works in public transport and mobility, and particularly for any of our listeners who are early in their transport careers and looking for inspiration. Each of our guests shares her views on the future of public transport and provides insights into their career journeys. Make sure you follow Women Who Move Nations on your favorite podcast platform and rate the show to help more people find us. You can also join our community on LinkedIn by searching Public Transport Association Australia New Zealand. We're also on Twitter at PTAANZ underscore or visit us at www.ptaanz.org. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Women Who Move Nations, the public transport podcast. I'm Anjay Anchevska, filling in for your regular host, Michelle Batsis. It's my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Laura Hendricks, the Chief Executive Officer of TransDev US. Hello, Laura, and thanks for phoning us today. Hi, Andre, and I appreciate the opportunity. I'm excited to be a guest on Women Who Move Nations podcast to share a little bit about my work, my career journey, and my experience as a female executive in the public transit sector. So, Thank you for allowing me to participate in this. Oh, our pleasure. I think that's a great place to start, Laura. So can you tell us about your current role and your key focus areas? Yes, absolutely. My current role, as I said, is Chief Executive Officer of TransDev in the U.S. We operate here in the U.S. public transit systems in 200 cities and communities. Uh, And our goal is to provide the best client service to the city transit agencies the counties, the airports, and universities. When you think about what our focus area is right now, first and foremost, it's about our people, right? So when I talk about focusing on our people, that's our employee development, our employee engagement, so we can recruit and retain the top talent. Obviously in the market today, it's very challenging, but it's always been a primary focus of of TransDev and, and for myself and my career. We want to be sure that we're building on a more inclusive culture as well, and then primarily to provide the focus on our process, all of our processes, to improve the quality and the consistent, reliable transportation services to both our clients, passengers, and the communities that we serve. Thanks, Laura. I really appreciate that customer-centric, that people-centric focus. And I'm sure no two days are the same for you as you go about fulfilling all of those responsibilities. Could you share your career journey and how you ended up in the role of CEO of TransDev in the U.S.? Yeah, absolutely. So I started out uh, my career early on uh, in transportation and the transport of goods. I, I worked for a a large uh, logistics company and and started out in transportation. I spent many years there, which is very much aligned with what we do here. Instead of transporting goods, we transport people. So if you look at my career, I've been very fortunate and blessed to work for many different companies and family-founded organizations at that and moving in, in the logistics space and transportation. 
So what led me to become the CEO in my career journey of TransDev uh, was an opportunity uh, that connected me to something that really played a purpose and a role in the values and the difference that we can make in our community. So uh, again, if you look over the history of my career, in some form, there's been something to do with transportation, a little bit of uh, different industries that I did step aside and try. But what I've learned in my career is that if you have the uh, leadership skills that you rely and you build on the team, that you can be successful in anything you do, surrounding yourself with the right people, with the right purpose. So I've been fortunate to, to work for great companies, and I'm excited to be part of the TransDev organization today. It's always interesting to hear how things from people's careers and other sectors carry over to public transport. And for you, Laura, it sounds like you're all about delivering that uh, best customer outcomes and building relationships. As you've touched on, you have held a variety of senior executive roles in different organizations that provide services and logistics. So I'd like to know specifically what drew you to public transport and what do you like about this sector? Okay, I think what... Uh drew me to the public transport is the, the contributions and the difference that we get to make for our communities and really uh, contributing directly to the common good. You know, we take people where they need to go and, and, and inclusiveness and doctor's appointments and just an essential service. So when I had the opportunity presented to come into the public transport space in this sector, it was really for me truly about the purpose that we serve. And I, and I think when you connect individuals, people to a purpose on a process, I think it brings great things. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to get up every day and feel good about what I have in serving all of the individuals here of TransDev in the U.S. and providing the service that we provide and getting to make a difference in the lives of others. We often find that, you know, many people who work in public transport didn't set out to be here initially, but once they join, they love it and they just don't want to leave. So it sounds like the same might be true for you. You know, and there's certainly a lot happening in the public transport sector in the United States. It's anticipated that the Biden administration's plan to infuse trillions of dollars into public transit infrastructure will be passed. And even if it's not that full $2 trillion that was initially proposed, uh, it seems like there will be a significant amount contributed to transit infrastructure, the scale of which hasn't been seen for quite some time in the U.S. So if indeed the funding gets across the line, Laura, how do you think it will improve the services and experiences for customers in the U.S.? The infrastructure package that we anticipate the bill to be hopefully passed here shortly in the U.S. will support several areas in transport, and that's of the goods and people. So when you talk about the total package of the uh, trillion dollar package that's being there, there's a segment of it that's allocated to the public transit sector and mode specifically, and that is to help us uh, improve the overall infrastructure. And when we talk about the infrastructure here in the U.S., that goes from our roads and our highways to our rail network uh, and to the public transit and allowing areas that may not have the opportunity to be invested in rural markets and access to some of the same things and creating equality and access to things. This bill being passed is going to open up that opportunity to improve the overall infrastructure in the U.S. And again, the roads, the highways, our rail network, 
and it'll also help us provide continued service of reliable transportation to all people to give them access to the things that the public transportation industry brings to individuals that I talked about earlier. When you think about what the other portion of this bill also includes is to help support the goal for zero emissions, and that's with the electrification, which not only requires the vehicles and the electrification and the capital required in that investment, but also the infrastructure to support the electrification of the vehicles and the alternative fuel services such as hydrogen. So I think the bill is going to really help continue to improve the overall infrastructure in the U.S. and gain equal access and more reliable and, and quicker ways to get from point A to point B, which is very much needed. The ultimate goal here is to invest in the, the goals for sustainability as well. So I'm excited about the opportunity and I'm excited about what this will do for all of our clients in creating great opportunities to connect people to the essential services that they expect and deserve. Exciting is the right word, Laura. I'm excited about what's going on in the U.S., which is where I'm from. And certainly what you said has some uh, analogous meaning here in Australia as well. We're at the precipice of our zero emissions transition. So sustainability is high on the agenda. And we do have some significant transport infrastructure projects underway here as well. So there's so many interesting facets to our public transport industry. And one of those is technology. So from what I've read about you, you have a keen interest in how technology can transform public transport, in particular by creating more on-demand services. What are your current priorities in the technology and innovation space? Yeah, I think that this is a very exciting time in our industry when it comes to innovation and technology. Coming out of this global pandemic that we've just recently experienced and like none of us have in our lifetime, I think that the on-demand and the microtransit services that are now being used in the areas, you know, to create where we don't have enough density to utilize the large buses and the large fleet uh, where, you know, we'll need to rotate and put more smaller vehicles and more on-demand services to take care of the mobility needs. So I think as we advance forward, I do believe that the microtransit services that are customized to the local rider, again, when we think about convenience, reliability, and everything that attracts individuals to public transit, it's going to be a major plus to add the mobility mix into the city services and the motor transportation. Real-time information is very, very critical. Again, reliability, dependability, and individual choices about instead of waiting for something that it's real on demand to get from point A to point B and make it more efficient and seamless for real value to our passengers. So we're excited about that. If you look at some of the things that we've done here in the U.S., one of our clients uh, in our River Parishes uh, contract down in the greater New Orleans area operates purely on demand for all passengers as opposed to the operating on the standard fixed route bus schedule. And this service uses an app and creates the uh, created by our Transdeck technology subsidiary Cityway for riders to book the trips and to manage their payments. So I think you'll see more and more of that as people look for time as a value and the more convenient and reliable on-demand services that we can provide will help continue to attract people 
to public transit and, and get away from the vehicles that are really going to help the zero emission goals around the globe. Absolutely. I mean, highlight for me, public transport gives you time back into your day. And a lot of the things that you've just touched on, we also canvas as a part of our Transforming Public Transport Forum, which we've just included big themes in there about turning data into information. How can we get more information into the hands of our customers so that they do have more input over their journey and enabling travel choices? And public transport authorities and operators here in Australia and New Zealand are just really starting to explore and implement more technology-based solutions to give those options to travel locally and sustainably. And it's great to hear that that is also being implemented in the U.S. It is a very exciting time to be in public transport. I want to turn our discussion now more towards how you've navigated your career. In Australia, we talk about something called the, the tall poppy syndrome, which means people hesitate to talk about their achievements because others might want to cut them down. But here on Women Who Move Nations, we want to celebrate achievements of women in our sector. So could you please share with us an achievement that you're most proud of? You know, Andre, that's a very interesting and, and tough question, quite frankly, because if you look over my career and the opportunities that I've been fortunate enough to to work for some great organizations and more importantly with great people, when I look at uh, achievements that I'm most proud of, I really can't point to one specific thing because there's several things that being surrounded by the right people and the great teams that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of have achieved. But I will say, if you look at the, an achievement that I could share most proud of, it's really about the people development. And, and what I mean by that is when I've had an opportunity in some of the organizations that I've worked for, I was fortunate enough to be able to create new divisions in large companies. And what that allowed me to do was create a new service or a new product, a go-to-market strategy, and create, more importantly, career opportunities for individuals. So when I look at something that I'm most proud of and an achievement, it's about the number of opportunities, careers, whether it be in the front line or overall career development and helping people get to equal to my level or above was, is what I would be most proud of in my accomplishments. Again, I like to work for companies that are growth-oriented because those growth companies create growth opportunities for all individuals. And, and for me, that's what's most important as I align my careers with my personal value uh, to be a coach and be able to help people develop to be the best they can be. I love that answer, Laurie. It reminds me of a, a mantra that I apply in my life, each one teach one. And that way, you know, the learnings and, and the impact is exponential. So thanks for sharing. That's something to be proud of for sure. You've had to make strategic decisions throughout your career to get to the level of CEO. Can you tell us about how you've made career choices? And do you have any experiences you could share with us about when you made a major career decision that might have changed your trajectory at the time? Yeah, you know, when you think about it, you know, again, I'll go back to uh, the great experiences and the great organizations that I've been fortunate to work with. And it's never easy to make that career choice, right? And that and that decision. But what I look for and what I think is very important is what is the impact that I have that my experiences 
and my leadership skills can make on the organization. So truly understanding the opportunity, where the organization is at and where I'm at in my career development and how do I fit in to make the greatest impact. Uh, I'm not one to be wrapped up on, on the position or title. It's more about when I look at a career choice, you know, what impact can I make? Where, where is my experience? Where's my education and where does my skill best make a difference that in the organization and more importantly to the people and the communities that we serve, no matter what industry that we're in. So as I've gone through and make those career choices, it is about where I'm going to have the major impact. And in addition to that, the purpose. I go back, I'm a purpose-driven individual and the core values. And I think if you look at what attracted me to the public transport and to Transvest specifically, it really is the purpose that we serve. Every day I get to wake up and be excited about leading an organization and serving the individuals and the team members here at Transdev to provide a community service where we really get to make a difference in the lives of others each and every day, whether that be in our paratransit and you know, the transportation that we have an opportunity to help people get to the medical services that need or the shopping or to work, we truly do make a difference. And I think when you make career, no matter what the company is, it's great companies and great organizations that exist out there around the world, it's really how you align to the purpose of the organization, the impact that you can make, the difference and the values that are aligned with your core principles. And then I think you can be successful in, in any organization. Those are great insights, Laura. Thank you for sharing. I do want to keep on the theme of career planning for a bit longer. So um, we do like to ask all of our guests, do you have a five to 10 year plan or do you take the opportunities as they present themselves? You know, I don't have a five or 10 year plan. I look at the opportunities as they present themselves. I try to, to be committed and, and loyal to, uh, to what I've signed up for and accepted that responsibility to serve those around me, particularly as the chief executive officer. You know, I'm, I'm responsible for almost 13,000 team members throughout the US and that's my first priority. So when I look at the plan. I don't have a plan. It's up to be committed and to help sustainable organization for the long-term health and wealth of the individuals that I'm responsible for as, as a leader in the organization. And I, I would like to hear more about your leadership style, which I've read you describe as very collaborative. How did you develop your style and decide what's important to you as a leader? You know, I was fortunate enough when uh, the first organization that I worked for was very people and, and customer centric. And, and so being growing up in that organization for my first almost 17 years of my career, it was all about servant leadership. And I am driven by the concept of servant leadership and try to model the key principles at all times. And that is the collaboration, active listening, the empathy, the inclusiveness of what it takes to be a servant and collaborative leader. And I think more importantly, uh, you know, as I tell people often, when I have a conversation about, you know, your leadership style and, and what's important and it's a servant leadership, but I view this opportunity as a coach, right? So if I could be a, an effective coach and here in the business world, then and throughout my career, 
being a leader, I've had the opportunity to demonstrate and drive that passion of being a coach in the business world where outside of the business world, those opportunities may have been more limited to me. But here in the business world, you get to recruit your team. You get to develop the game plan, which is the strategy. You get to uh, check the score, how you're doing, right, on the client services that we provide and the service industries that we're in, particularly in public transit, and be a good coach, right? And so that's what excites me about the opportunity in my leadership style and truly understand that we are here to serve those that we're responsible for. They're the ones closest to the client experience, to providing the passengers that reliable, dependable transportation. And it's my job to serve them and help remove any barriers or challenges that they're faced with. So I do believe uh, in my style of leadership and being servant, I spend a lot of time out in our locations. Obviously, COVID had an impact on my ability to get out and meet all of our locations and all of our clients, which was in my original 90-day plan. But now that uh, that's behind us, I'm out traveling again and really listening to the voice of our team members who are delivering that service or general managers or all of our team members and our, the voice of the client that I stay connected and grounded to ensure that I'm focusing on the right strategy the right investments and the right innovations to ensure that our individual team members can deliver the best service possible for our passengers, our clients, and the communities that we serve. I love that answer. I subscribe to the servant-based leadership as well. And I think that, you know, it's a different tactic. I haven't heard the coach analogy before, so I like that, might use that. And those are great (laughs) qualities to bring to an organization for sure. In terms of female leaders in public transport, we are underrepresented in Australia and New Zealand, and I know that's the case in the U.S. as well. In fact, I recently read that with the great resignation underway there, women have dropped out of the workforce at twice the rate of men since the beginning of the pandemic. So knowing that we had a ways to go with gender balance in the industry pre-pandemic, what do you think? we can do to attract and retain more superstar executive women to the public transport workforce? You know, I believe that uh, when you look at the opportunities and challenges we have here and around the globe, I do believe here in the U.S. there's been some progress made over the past few years with women being promoted to top roles and leading transit authorities, uh, which is very encouraging and exciting about seeing the talent that's available and and the opportunities that they've been presented. So while we've made progress, I would agree there's still a long way to go. And when you think about how to attract the high caliber and more women into the senior executive roles, I do believe that the benefit of selling what our industry is about and empowers the lives of people and the opportunities that we have to make a difference in the lives of others I think that connects. Again, for me, it is about connecting not only myself, but attracted me to the industry, but to engage and attract women into this industry, really better promoting the difference as we get into, in all levels in public transit, and the career opportunities that it can create for a lifetime career as you start out in any level of position and work your way through with the right mentorship and the right coaching again, to be anything that you want to be in the industry and to really be able to connect again, and I hate to continue to say it, but it is truly 
what aligns me and uh, to this industry is that purpose that we make. And I think if we can help all women realize the purpose that they make in the public transit industry uh, and the difference that they can make in the lives of others each and every day and, and the impact on the leadership and decisions that they have afforded the opportunity uh, can truly make a difference to really help create more executives, female executives at the senior executive levels in public transport. There's a lot of great opportunities, uh, you know, I think around the globe, and there are a lot of individuals that can do a great job in these positions. And it's up to us to make sure that we help promote the benefits, the value and the difference that they can make and make sure they understand how they fit into the organization and more importantly to the sector as a whole. Absolutely correct. I think we just, you know, as an industry can be better about promoting the wonderful life-changing work that we do. And that would certainly attract that top talent. What an inspiring vision, Laura. Yeah, the only other thing I would say is, you know, when you think about promoting, right, as I just talked about in the uh, public transit, and, and mostly today as well, right, with the focus on the climate change and the zero emissions, there's no better industry than public transport, right? And not only mm. for the alternative fuel sources, electrification or hydrogen, but truly getting people out of the vehicles, individual cars, off the road, and into public transport, and the impact that that also has on the sustainability of our environment in total. So I really do believe this sector has a good story to really attract the top female talent that's available and out there to come in and make a great career and a great difference and a great impact on many areas of people and in our climate in total. Absolutely. I hope people out there listening, that resonates with you. I think there's something for everyone in transport. Um, if you like to build things, come on. If you like technology, come on over. Uh, sustainability, we've got it. And we hope that by listening to this podcast, people will start to develop a vision of what a career in public transport could look like for themselves. Before we sign off, Laura, my final question for you today is for our listeners who might be early in their transport careers, what advice or final words, or maybe even a mantra, would you share with them? You know, I think in order to be successfully lead other people, and when you look at what we have the opportunity to do and make a difference, I would say, again, the need to be driven by a sense of purpose. And this includes a sense of personal purpose. And if you're lucky and have an organization purpose that aligns with that, then I think if you ask anyone who works with me, they'll tell you that I always speak about the power of people with a passion serving a greater purpose. And uh, if I had to leave one thing with those for advice and and the careers in public transport and mobility, it would be that. And, uh, you know, at Transdev, we are passionate about our purpose, which is to provide the freedom to our passengers through safe, innovative, and reliable solutions that support the common good. And again, that ties you to the purpose. And I think when people can connect to that in the public transport and mobility, uh, it truly gets you excited about the endless opportunities in this sector. I love it. I'll turn that into a mantra for you then. People, passion, purpose. And I'm sure that will resonate with lots of people listening. <laughs> Laura, we might wrap it up there. 
Uh, do you have any other final words just, you know, for the broader audience or um, anything else that we didn't cover that you want people to know? You know, again, I'm just excited about the opportunity to participate on the Women Who Move Nations podcast. So I appreciate this opportunity and I'd want to wish everyone down under a very happy holidays and please stay safe as you travel around the roads and network. So thank you for the opportunity and, uh, and I appreciate that and, and happy holidays to all. Well, we'll wrap it up with that. I've really enjoyed speaking to you today, Laura. Thank you for generously giving us your time and your insights into your professional journey. Take care and goodbye for now. All right. Thank you, Andre. Appreciate it. That was Laura Hendricks, the Chief Executive Officer of TransDev US. I'm your guest host, Andre Anchevska. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Women Who Move Nations, the public transport podcast. Make sure you tune in again soon. Thank you for listening to Women Who Move Nations, the public transport podcast. This series is produced by Dylan Adler with copywriting by Sophia Dickinson. Thanks for joining us as we profile women working in public transport and sustainable mobility and inspire the next generation of female leaders. I'm Michelle Batsis. Keep safe and keep our nations moving.